Thank you for checking out today's devotional. In my times with you, we've been looking at the book of Daniel, and we've reached now chapter 6, which is the most well-known part of the entire book. In fact, it's the one thing that Daniel is most associated with, and that is Daniel in the lion's den. But most people don't know why Daniel was in the lion's den. Let's read why. Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty... Issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. This is the third time the king's decree has threatened Daniel's life. This is the second time the decree was aimed at Daniel's faith and the faith of the Israelites. With great calm and quiet confidence, Daniel goes home and prays to God Most High. In doing so, he breaks the law. And that got me thinking about our brothers and sisters in North Korea, in China, in parts of the Middle East, in Indonesia, where for many communities and many places, it's illegal to talk about Jesus, to worship publicly, to share the gospel, to give out Bibles. They break the law every time they do so. In the 70s and the 80s, there was a famous Christian lawbreaker. His name was Brother Andrew. And he was probably the most famous Bible smuggler of all times. He would take carloads of Bibles into the Iron Curtain countries. A year after the Berlin Wall fell, I was having dinner with a Bible smuggler. And we were talking about the changes in Eastern Europe and being able to bring Bibles and to share your faith with people. And I asked him about what those times were like when he was smuggling Bibles in, what it was like to go into a checkpoint, knowing that what you were doing was breaking the laws of that nation, knowing that if you were caught, you would be arrested and thrown into prison. He described what it was like, what it felt like, and 
the, the joy that they felt when they passed through that checkpoint. And I also said to him, you know, I've driven a lot in V-dub vans and I can't imagine where in a V-dub van you could hide any number of Bibles. And he looked at me and he said, well, can you keep a secret? I said, yes, I can keep a secret. And he said, so can I. He was planning for the next time he would have to smuggle Bibles. We are prevented from corporately worshiping because of health concern. And yet Christians throughout the world are prevented from worshiping corporately because it breaks their laws. It's against the law to witness. It's against the law to hand out Bibles. I know that when we visit Jerusalem and we visit the Temple Mount, that it's controlled by the Palestinian authorities and it's under Muslim control. We can't talk about Jesus there. We can't hand out Bibles. In fact, we can't even take Bibles up to and onto the Temple Mount. Brothers and sisters throughout the world are, are truly suffering against laws of their country that tell them that they cannot share Jesus. They cannot worship together. I want to encourage us not to forget about them. I know that we are dealing with a lot of hardships and struggles while we shelter in place and continue to work through all the issues of COVID-19. But let's not forget that many brothers and sisters around the world are deeply suffering for their faith. And so with that, would you join me in praying for them? Lord God, we do pray this day and pray we would not forget in the days ahead to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that are truly suffering for their faith, whose countries see Christianity as a threat. And Lord, we pray for them and for their families. We pray for their safety. We pray for their, uh, their families and all of the risks that they take. Lord, watch over them, protect them, and be with them. And for those that are facing prison sentences that are now experiencing uh, that um, persecution, for those that are facing potential death for their faith, Lord, we pray for them. Strengthen them, encourage them, be with them. And may they know that the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ in the United States are praying for them. Lord, again, we ask you to be with them and watch over them. We pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen.